2: researching earlier and I saw a mind blowing stat that Patrick What's Mahomes
3: stat. let's hear it.
2: Patrick Mahomes is three yeah. and one in the playoffs when the Chiefs in game win probability dips below 5% the rest of the NFL in those situations during that time is one in 38. So That's we spent shot. this week That's a great. Rightfully so, marveling at the magician that is Patrick Mahomes and what he and the Chiefs pulled off against Buffalo last weekend, and what this week allowed me to do, Michael, is do something that I do far too much of. Is it allowed me to overthink? I flinched, which is something that Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals do not do. Listen to Joe Burrow for yourself. These are the
0: reason that I play football. You know, I play to get to these moments and to make plays and take take advantage of my opportunities. Uh, You know, I work really hard for these moments. And if I worked really hard and never got to a position that I'm in right now, playing in an AFC Championship game, chance to go to the Super Bowl, you know, I think that would be tough for me to mentally to work as hard as I do each week in the offseason to come in and go 500 every year and be a fringe playoff team. You know, I'm, I, pl- I, I work so hard so I can get into these moments and play well.
2: Mike, let me break this down so it could forever and consistently be broke. All right? Mm. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. This <laughs> week I blinked. I got, I got enamored and caught up with Patrick Mahomes and and Cincinnati and Kansas City and how explosive they are and how resilient they are, and now I want to tell you what my third eye sees coming before it happens.
3: Before it happens, right?
2: Right. Okay. Come Monday,
3: I may have to put. We're going to be talking about. (laughs) I had it on earlier. Come Monday, you know. uh, We are going to be talking.
2: We are going to be talking about the Joe Burrow game. Joe Burrow's about to do something special in Kansas City this Sunday. Michael, you know, early in the season after they beat Jacksonville and I've repeated it several times since I said in short order in due time, the Bengals would have the best quarterback in the AFC North. Mm-hmm. And the reason I thought that was a bold statement is because also in that division resides the youngest MVP in NFL history and one of the best quarterbacks in the league already in, Jam- in Lamar Jackson. But I think I may have undersold Joe Burrow because what I'm here to tell you is get ready Don't do this in the next two do weeks. I'm, a, I'm doing it. In the next two weeks after Sunday's AFC championship win by Cincinnati in Kansas City, Get ready for the next in the next two weeks to hear people discussing and debating where Joe Burrow ranks among the best quarterbacks in the league already. Okay. in year okay. two. All
3: right. look, 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 That's look.
2: what's on the horizon after the Lord. Bengals beat Kansas City in the AFC championship game on Sunday. Michael, the old saying is when you go to the party, you dance with who brung you. And at various times this season, I've been frustrated by Cincinnati mainly because when they lost to the Jets and Mike White. Remember that? Yeah, (laughs) and they lost to the Browns. I had to come and hear you tell me about the same old Bengals. Don't ever trust the Bengals, but they got they're not the same, but they got right. No, I know. And I I know you are of that now. I know know you're not beating that drum anymore. I know that. But my point is, you know, I've been on this journey too long to jump off. Now. I've been on this journey too long to jump off. Now, Cincinnati. Mm, No, over Kansas City in the AMC okay. title game, a special performance by Joe never blink, never flinch bone crusher. I ain't never scared. Burrow
1: in yep, Kansas City
3: in the next cigar two weeks, cigar, cigar cigar smoking it's a cigar game, baby repping, repper, repping, you know, Southwest and Southeast Ohio. Yeah, yeah, I got, and I got, I got it. I got All that all that it's coming. All that. It's coming. All right. Look, you said about an old saying ain't nothing as old as the Bible. Right. And there's an old biblical saying, well, we've turned it. It's not in the Bible, but we've we've kind of created it. And you said it a few times this season. Won't he do it? Right. Won't he do it? Sure. He will do it. But in the Bible, it also says, wait for the Lord. (laughs) Be patient. And you're trying to push it along. You're trying to push it along before push that it time along. it ain't quite push it, along. It, it ain't it ain't push yeah, it push along. it along yeah push and it along. so we got <laughs> we're gonna mi- we're gonna mix in psalms a tribe called quest and pulp fiction it ain't quite time yet hang back joe burrow may be all of those things he may be all the things that you said it's not his time yet to be That's in too. the conversation as the best quote says facts Says we're no, not, no, not the says best. You're not the best. Wait, wait,
2: mind. wait, did you misunderstand? What? what, what? I didn't say the what? best.
4: I okay. said where he among ranks the
2: among the. He's already he among, He's he already one of the best young quarterbacks Quarterback. No higher. I don't than six. Know,
3: No, hires look, than I six. Do,
2: Point being okay. Okay. Wherever you want to put him after this weekend, many people will be revisiting that conversation and discussing where it was six, uh, five, four. I don't care.
3: Point being yeah. is four, Joe Burrow ain't done and playing this season. Yeah. That's the okay. point. That's all I need you to know. All right. Joe Burrow is a terrific talent, and I have enjoyed watching him. I, I've really enjoyed watching him all season, even as I've made my Cincinnati jokes. I have I watched it. I watched him last year before he got hurt. He was off to a great start. He got hurt this year. Terrific. He's tough. The guy got sacked nine times in a playoff game against the Titans who were ragdolling, ragdolling him and his offensive line, but he still had had enough toughness and presence of mind to come back and make some heady plays and you heard him after the game when he talked about what they were thinking, how, how, how they were approaching it in the final what 21 seconds left when uh, they got that pick and got him uh, got him in field goal range and then made the game winning field goal. He said, we knew what coverage they were going to be in. We knew what they were going to do. And I just felt like we could make a play to Jamar Chase that gave him the necessary yardage to kind of make that drive down the stretch. But I did say he was sacked nine times. Why was he sacked nine times because Joe Burrow is a very good thrower. But he ain't Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes probably should have been sacked six, seven times in a Buffalo game. Okay. He probably should okay. be sacked a lot more than he is, but he's able to stand in the pocket when he needs to and make burrow like throws or next dimension. He got another dimension that they don't have. And this is a thing for Kansas City. At the quarterback spot, Cincinnati has a good one. Kansas City has a better one. At tight end, Cincinnati has a good one. Kansas City has a better one. At wide receiver, Cincinnati has a good one. Kansas City has a better one. And it just goes down the list. At at the head coach, Cincinnati has a good one is Zach Taylor. Kansas City has a better one. They got more playmakers. They got more than what you have in the in the game. I don't Do care they what know? they call the stadium. Now the game that arrowhead. Yes, they're better. And here's Are the you other sure? thing. Can I just say this? Can I, I, feel I say like we've seen them. Hey, that, have, have you forgotten already? I know it was a regular
2: season, but it was only week 17. Wasn't that long ago. And I was memory just, fails in your old age. It wasn't like right. Kansas City, Kansas City got a lot. But Cincinnati has just as much firepower. No, and Cincinnati no, has don't. the no, ability no, to don't. go. They, they just out. They, they just beat them. What are you talking about? They, they just. Oh, beat oh, yeah, they in I'm sorry. Oh, was we got Cincinnati. Us.
3: They just okay. Beat. Yeah, what yeah, was Cincinnati. the regular
2: season yeah, in this I, game. I think I'm out of in this, this game. Not, not only
3: this. Okay, look at the score right here. Look at the score. This is where I hold the coaching tape. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnuolo, everybody. Let's just put the coaching tape on and say guys. We weren't folk. We were playing around with them then. We there didn't you take go. them seriously. There you go. They, no, we Michael, were playing around. You weren't.
2: don't take they them did. seriously. See, they this is my problem. They See, as they much, as you, around. Around they Bengals, as, they much as you have come around on the as much as you have come around to respect the Bengals, they're still the Bengals to you. So instead of you recognizing no, how much that. talent they have,
3: it ain't that. Instead of you organizationally, yeah, so organizationally, this, this is for the you're record. You're saying I don't. I don't. I think ownership is a joke. I think football operations is a joke. Now I respect the team, the players, and I respect the coach. I do not expect somebody had to bring those players in. They're in the bubble. Come on. Somebody had to bring those players in. But that ain't even my point. That ain't even
2: my point. Blind. That ain't even my point. All right, go ahead. Instead of you recognizing that the Bengals came back to win this game. Based on their talent and their own perseverance, you're looking at it as, Oh, well Kansas City, Kansas City you know, they, yeah. they, they 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 took that's it they happened. took them lightly. They they were playing around Did with it. you them. watch that okay, game? That's okay. Did you watch that they, game? Of course I watched that game. It was only a a record-setting game by Jamar. And I came in the next day talking shit. And I'm still talking it. Absolutely I watched that game. My point is, that was not about just Kansas City taking its foot off the gas. That was about how explosive Cincinnati is. And Cincinnati is more than capable of going toe-to-toe with Kansas City in terms of firepower. I'll go back to what I said to you after the Tennessee game. You, what did I tell you then? I'll remind you what I said. First rule of combat, hand-to-hand combat, is you assume that everybody you're fighting is a world-class fighter. You do not judge a sure. book by its cover. You sure. can't get okay. past the Cincinnati of it all. I'm so that's why you thought Tennessee it. was gonna You thought it. Tennessee no, I, was going to out tough and beat up and physically manhandle you know Cincinnati. And while they did it why up did I- front. Cincinnati showed itself to be every bit as physical as Tennessee. Come on. Come
3: Likewise, on. Not, not, Cincinnati it is every not, bit as explosive listen, as Mike, Kansas City. You bring in you bring in all kinds of mysticism into it and all that BS. I, I ain't got what nothing mysticism? to do it. Oh, you can you can you can't get past the, the Cincinnati. You can't get past the stripes and yeah, uh, a Bengals fan telling me that, that Kansas City it.
2: has that, Michael you're telling me Kansas City has so nice. much more than Cincinnati when we they saw do. Cincinnati outscore them already in this game. What are you talking about? Do they have a better okay. quarterback? Yes. Do they have a better tight end? Yes. They don't where, have a where better line? running game than Cincinnati does. Where's the lie? Where's they, the lie? I, I, I just a, said I'm agreeing with you on those two things. After, okay. Did they have a better head coach? Yes. After that, that's it. Kansas City has three explosive wide receivers that could beat you. Kansas City has a much better run. Uh, excuse me. Cincinnati has three explosive wide receivers that can beat so, you. Ask Kansas City about that. Cincinnati has a Kansas, much better Kansas running game week? than Kansas City.
3: I saw them against Buffalo. See, yes. Did you see? You see Buffalo try uh, number one defense in the league, right? Number one, number one point differential in the league, and Buffalo. Okay, number one. Oh, Buffalo's a great team. You're so embarrassing. Your name out here in the streets, man. You can't be saying Buffalo can't get it done. They got the number one defense. All right, look what happened in the number one defense. What Kansas City did to them. Look what Josh them, Allen did to Kansas them. City. They drove. them. Look
2: what Josh Allen did to Kansas City. Josh Allen, mm, again, mm. I'm not taking but, anything away from Kansas City. But but for a coin toss, like Kansas City might not Kansas be playing like right now. But but for a squib kick, Kansas City might not even be playing right now. Kansas City is not invincible. And if it bleeds, we can kill it.
3: Okay, listen to this. This is why I talk about the mysticism stuff. You come like, no, you thought Cincinnati was gonna reverse the same. No, no, no. Um, Tennessee was the number one seed in the league. And I I talk about them as such. I respected that they earned the number one seed, and they're the they're the number one team playing at home. That's why I gave them respect. I didn't say they were going to blow them out. I said they were going to work Cincinnati. I did say that, but I didn't say it was going to be like thirty to nothing (laughs) or or forty-one to seven. Okay, I was talking a little something, but I gave them respect after their playoff win. Big grudge, but we're talking about the number one team. I'm talking about the number one team in the league and the number in in the conference one and two. So it's not like, oh, why won't you give Cincinnati respect? I'm giving Cincinnati the appropriate respect, but they're playing opponents that I have great respect for that. I have great respect Mm -hmm. that are better than they are based on the records and based on the body of work.
2: Come Monday, you'll be singing a different tune. Before we wrap this up, I got one question for you because we're both storytellers at heart. All right, we're both storytellers. Yeah,
3: at heart. okay. Okay.
2: So you see that Ken, Patrick Mahomes, at can that. become the youngest quarterback to start three Super Bowls. Woo. Fourth straight AFC championship game all at home. Let me ask you a question. What's the better story? What yeah. would be the better story? Would the better Cincinnati. story be Patrick? Cincinnati. Okay, that, well, I, I'm re- that's refreshing to hear you say that. I'm about to yeah, say Patrick I mean, Mahomes I mean, and I mean, she's kingdom becoming a dynasty. Or the Bengals going from no playoff wins in three decades and never a road playoff win to three playoff wins and two on the road and Joe Burrow's in the Super Bowl. And you're, you're saying, Michael, you were right. You were so far ahead until you looked lost. You were right. Which one is better?
3: Oh, C- Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl uh, a, a couple of years after having the number one pick in the drafts. Uh, a, a year after, you know, Joe Burrow goes down and they don't look like they're really uh, on the way to anywhere. Uh, I mean, you think about where they were this season. They had, got to a great start. And then after they lost to the Jets, and then after they lost to San Francisco, and they the ride Browns. a teetering around, they lost to the got blown out by the Browns. And they're yeah. teetering, around, teetering around 500. I'm like, okay, yeah, nice story. Maybe next year. Maybe a nice little nine and eight eight, nine.
2: That's what I'm saying. So
3: to go to go on to to win a game at home against the Raiders. Good game. They should have won that game. I mean, they were favorite in that game, I believe, but underdog in Tennessee. They win that they did win that, but they go to Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. That's an incredible story. It is an incredible story. Uh, I'm a journalist, so I'm not really well-trained in fiction. I'm in the nonfiction realm. You're in the, you're the,
2: you're the nonfiction Not, space. There's okay. some Touche. great. Touche. There's some great <laughs> fiction writers out
3: there. I see you, Colson Whitehead. I see you. I like how you played, that. I, I like you how played that. I I, like, how played that. I but, like how uh,
2: you played that. Come on. You said it ain't quite time yet. Who are you to it tell? Who, who are you to say what the appointed time is? Okay. Joe Burrow. All right. Hey, we'll you were once a precocious youngster. As was I yeah. What them. Old folks used to say he been in before. Old folks. Jam- the world been in before. They they listen, they are not, they have, have you listened to have you seen the the the, the, the crowd noise that they're practicing in? They are going in there expecting to win, prepared to win. They aren't intimidated. They're not looking at this like, oh, we just happy to be here and it's a big bad Kansas City and our time will come. No, time is now.
3: Did you see? Time is now. Did you see, did you see Patrick Mahomes? And there was 13 seconds left, did you see him? Just a look. He was like, "Oh, oh, cool." Oh, His heartbeat. You,
2: you saw that? His heartbeat uh, didn't, oh, oh, didn't didn't go up. Remember that? You saw that? That metric or whatever. Uh-huh.
3: Hey, man. I mean, and it's a Be shame right. that's called Paul Brown Stadium. Take Paul. Keep Paul Brown's name Stand out, out your mouth. See? Keep Paul Brown's no. name out you, your you mouth.
2: Just, you can't see it. You gotta. You gotta. I can't. Like Patrick Mahomes, you'll 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 see it when you believe it. You know, That's like right. you like Patrick that you you, you, you you wait till Sunday. Just wait till Sunday. Oh I can't wait for oh, Monday. I can't wait. I can't wait for Monday. I can't wait.
3: Me either. Oh I can't wait for Monday. Me either. I can't wait to see you in person.
0: When did you first notice that trait in yourself, Jamar, that if someone told you you couldn't do something, I don't know if you have a story or anything, where you noticed that happened and it fired you up? Yeah, I don't know if I have a
6: story either, going back that far. Um, it's just been always, I can tell you honestly, one of, one of my best stories ever. Les Miles told me I couldn't play receiver uh, when I was coming out of high school. Um, so, you know, that was something I had on my shoulders growing up. Les Miles told me. Uh, He thought I could play cornerback. Um, I wasn't really in full position at receiver yet. So, you know, I just kept working in my craft uh, offseason, waking up early in the mornings to work out. Um, I just kept focused.
2: Uh, Yeah, uh, latest example of how in the hell did Les Miles ever win a national championship? Um, (laughs) I mean, look, I guess on the bright side, Maybe it's, it's exactly what Jamar Chase needed to hear. He didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. He told him what he needed to right. hear. Kind of like the Oracle and the Matrix, and it drove him to become the latest great wide receiver in the NFL. Who knows? You know? Um, and he, and Jamar probably could play cornerback if he had stuck with it. <laughs> so, hey. and I mean, didn't, didn't Les Miles once tell Dak Prescott to play tight end or something like that? Oh, my God. I bet you, you got a million of these stories running around. What
3: you about to say? Did you? Well, did you notice before we get into the content? Did you notice the question? It was a Sawatsky. He was he was he was kind of Sawatskied on that. I don't know if did you have a story. No. You have a story. So he puts it now. He puts it back. He puts no. it back. When did this happen? When did this happen, Jamar? Yeah. Where somebody told you you can't do something? I don't know if you have a story. Yeah. Do you?
2: Make the subject the storyteller. Great observation. Good job. Um, Good job.
3: Good job. All right, but see, look, um, I'd like to hear Les Miles aside of the story. Les, Les Miles, be like, this. Is, if I'm Les no, Miles right now, I'm be like, look, Miles. I, I'll be like, look, I knew he could play wide receiver, but I knew he needed my motivation. So, um, yeah, he could spin it if he wants. I told him, I told him he couldn't do it. Like this, this, so, this guy right here is. Now you want to talk about receivers in the league? Okay, top five. Is he in the top five? Yeah.
2: Well, no, he we doesn't have fiber. to do that.
3: He's a top five receiver.
2: Oh, wow. My 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 how far you've come from the days of he they is. blew it by drafting over pain a You've come such a long way. I'm proud of you and Ringo's product, but it. they but no, this is but
3: they need some help on the O line. You agree. They they both things are true. Well, they could they need they, they certainly should have drafted was, was, The logic Chase. was
2: always sound. The logic was always sound and a lot of people. I'm sure in the building thought that they should go offensive line with the fifth pick. Um most Anything. of us knew what the potential Anything that, they had, in the that they had. Okay. Most of us knew the potential that these two had when they got reunited. And going back to the game real quick before I get to the question, but going back to the game real yep. quick, I do expect better adjustments this first of all, Kansas City does not have the exact type of pass rush that Tennessee has. Uh, they got some good people up front, obviously, your Chris Jones, your Kevin yeah. Clarks, your Melvin Ingrams or whatever. But I don't know that they have the same type of pass rush that Tennessee had this year. Frank, but also Frank Clark. Frank Clark. Frank what, did Clark. I say? what did I say? Kevin. Kevin. Did I say Kevin? Writer from okay. the Kevin. Clark you know from, who the, I mean. from the Ringer. Anyway, right. um, they never adjusted. It was not. There wasn't a quick game on the part of the Cincinnati Bengals. So hopefully Zach Taylor adjusts if uh, if the if the protection starts to break down. But you said Jamar Chase top five. Well, first of all, let that be a life lesson, to everybody out there. Most of the people evaluating you don't know what the hell they're talking about. Okay, I tell my daughter that all the time. Just because somebody got a job, don't mean they're good at it. Okay, so Ooh. somebody telling you that you can't do something or you can't Ooh. be something, I mean, mm. you know, history is the list is long of people telling somebody what they could and couldn't do or should or shouldn't do because they, they don't know what the hell they, they're talking they did it about because they couldn't see. It. That's right. Don't be, right. yeah, don't be limited to somebody else's vision or lack thereof. All right, moving on. Mm. Um, conference championship Sunday, championship Sunday. Let's play a little game, bro. You mentioned Jamar sure, is a top five wide receiver it's, it's already
3: championship, It's championship Sunday already after those two quick sermonettes, man, I, I'm full <laughs> already. Hey, well, the last hey, you know what? where's the offering plate. I, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Hey, That's good stuff. The last
2: the last conversation we had when I told you what the Bengals are going to do. You said the Kansas Kansas City has more. They have a better quarterback, yes. a better tight end and you said better wide receiver. I want to challenge yes. you on that. Because the better wide receiver in Week 17 in Cincinnati was certainly Jamar Chase more than it was Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But this right. weekend, let's start with this. Pick one wide receiver: one, Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Jamar oh, Chase. On. Pick man, one.
3: See, that's not right. That's not right. That's, that's not, not right. right. That's, that's so unfair. Right. That's just like, man.
2: And and, I, you know, and, it's not, and I'm not I'm, I'm not narrowing it to pick one for Sunday or pick one for the next ten years. What are we
3: picking them for? Just pick one. Period. Just your best one. For what? For what? Who's Give me the
2: situation. On? Just I'm, I don't want to narrow it. I don't want to narrow. It. Whatever your criteria
3: All right. is. All right. Um, I you know I love versatility. It's coming down to. Debo or Tyreek Hill. Hmm. So I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. That, it's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Cooper Cup, man. Like, you, you can't argue. You just can't argue with the product. Like, the production is there at all times. It's pro- producing all over the field in all kinds of situations. Yeah. yeah. What a season. How do you? I, yeah. I can't ignore that season. I can't ignore it yeah. right now. I got to yeah. say it's Cooper Cup. You pick who's yours.
2: Yeah, Cooper Cup. You just you just said you just said you can't argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. That was my pick because I, I thought about it. I mean, I knew it was coming. So I thought about it. Um, listen, man, and it, it was a hard hard choice. That's the game. Hard, hard. choices, right? It was a hard yeah. choice. Um, look, I mean, Jamar Chase, when it's all said and done, may end up being number one on his list because he seems he, he's a total package. Debo Samuel is probably, he's probably the dude like that I like if if, if I'm getting in a scrap, you know, remember that time Come when on. my car got towed and you was gonna fight the tow truck guy? They're like yeah. Debo, like I think that's who I good want, because Debo, man, he is like good just a, a a wide receiver who runs the ball up the middle between the tackles is just like, that's just special to me. That's a man of my own heart. Like that's that's the type of player I wish I'd have drafted in Madden. Uh Tyreek Hill puts the fear of God in defenses. But I, it's got to be Cooper Cup for me too, man, because it's not just the numbers that he put up this season. Bro, the dude blocks like a damn tight end. You know what I'm yeah, saying? He's so it's, and, it's and,
3: amazing. And I think all the stuff he I does. think
2: the last few years he got somehow pigeonholed into, you know, this the slot receiver, you know, type of uh category or whatever. Dude like 6'3" and he's big. He's a complete receiver. He will beat you downfield. Yeah. He'll beat you short. He'll beat you with yards after the catch. I don't think anybody has more yards after the catch than him. I think Debo Debo may average more yards after the catch, but total yards. Yeah. I think is Cooper Cup something like that. What's um, so what's I got to go. Cooper how,
3: how would you? What's, that? what's the most surprising stat up there? One number. What's the most surprising one?
2: I think I know the one that jumps out to you. The yep. most surprising That's number right. is Tyree kills yards per reception. Yeah. Yes. But I think it's yes. because people are like, he ain't taking the top off this defense. And I think yeah. they throw so many short passes to him to let him run out of he's going to break. How How Eventually, he's so going to break ahead, one. So go, yeah. ahead go, let, let, go ahead and rank him. Go ahead and rank him. All right, we both got Cooper Cup one. Who's two on this list for you?
3: Um, I got to go Debo, man. I got to go Damn. Debo because all right, because yeah, I'm doing I am I, I'm, I'm going
2: Debo I love, I love him as well.
3: because he because he legitimately can rock with two positions. It's not like, oh, mm. he can run the ball for you. No, he can run. He could if you want to give it to him 20 times in the backfield do that. He's fine. You know, I, like Debo, I don't cover. You said you I don't you said he's that dude who's about it, right? You're like, hey, you get yeah, into a scrap. Yeah. Yeah, like, action but he's a dude. Not Stay only that, All-Star. not only that, he's got the spirit for it. He'd be like, yo, man, mm-hmm. where'd, where'd you get nunchucks from? Huh? Where, where'd <laughs> that come from? He's like, oh, let's well, go.
2: Let's go. Let me, man. he's right I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know about the Niners locker room dynamic and I'm sure, I'm sure they got a lot of leaders in that, in that room. But Debo reminds me, you know, th- th- there's a rare receiver that can be a leader of an offense or a team. Michael Irvin was that. Jerry yeah, Rice yeah. was that. Debo Samuel strikes me as the kind of guy that could set a tone for a locker room for a team with with the way he plays third out of respect. I got to go Tyreek Hill just out of respect. Yeah, yeah. just because he's done it at right. the highest level for so long. Same. Uh, no, Same. nobody is is nobody puts more fear in defenses than Tyreek Hill in terms of a big play threat. Um, I got I, you, you know, you, you, you're scared when the ball is in his hands and he's in space. I mean you got and you got, you know, you got to be crazy. I think somebody might have even tweeted this. You know what a psychopath you have to be to Chuck up the deuces to somebody when they're ahead of you. <laughs> the, way, the way he did that Buffalo game, like he was like, and I mean, he should have got a tone call, but he was gone. All right. At that <laughs> last touchdown against Buffalo. So Tyree kill and this might be the play right, right here. Tyree kill is on is some other stuff. Here it come. Right. Okay. Here. okay look. Okay. First of all, he bought. No, that ain't it. Okay, so I no, no, got excited not for now. But see, we got excited. We just got excited. Yes. We got excited because yes. you think every time you get it, like, oh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Tyreek Kill okay. playing tag. He ain't playing football. He playing tag. Here it is. here Every time here he is. out here there. Is. Here, here it is. Every time he. Had, yeah, this one. Okay. Door. Yeah. So right. look, he he about to start up a deuce right now. Look, he ain't even uh. asked <laughs> yet. He's, he's like, no, bro, you got nothing for me. So Tyreek Kill playing tag every time he out there, and just because he's new, that's the only reason Jamar Chase comes in fourth. Of the wide receiver yeah, ones right. for Championship Sunday, only because the did it this year. Uh, you know, Gotta we, we can't it to just yet, but
3: just he, he's, already, he's already there.
2: he's already there. He's already there. He's already one of the top guys in the league. Let's go ahead and take this break. Let's talk about the NFC Championship again on the other side of this before, but we have uh, our first guest of the day. So let's go ahead and uh, take a breather, real quick. But yeah, we, man, that's the most. I didn't think we'd agree as much on the order or which one out of the four. But
3: White Rice, See, man. I didn't know. Oh. Ooh, How come I, I can't See, get that nickname like that. to stick? How, I don't like, that. I I don't why? like it. Why? why? I'm not saying he is Jerry Rice. It's I'm not saying it's he, I'm not saying it's Cooper is Jerry it's Rice. Him. Like Why I can't make why? Cooper Cup? Why? Wait, you know? Why you bring it? Why you, you don't bring think, the white
2: thing into it? Okay, wait. Why you, bring you don't think <laughs> You don't think it's clever?
3: No, it's. The, you, you
2: focus on the wrong details as usual. It's the rice part. Okay. Like you don't think, you, said you don't think that's clever? No, right? You don't think it's
3: clever? You white rice. You don't think it's clever? No, I don't. No, I don't. think Trying to get the stick. I don't. See what I did there? Try to get it to stick. Uh, yeah, rice, rice stick, right? But you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want your rice to stick, do you? Sticky rice can be good. Yo, not. Know I bet you. I bet you can't even make I rice. I like sticky rice. You talk. I bet you don't even know. I bet you don't even know about that life.
1: The 49ers down three. Smith in a gun with Gore on his left hip. Third down, Alex takes the snap. Alex looking. Got got Post And it's got him.
2: Oh, my God. Time flies. Hard to believe that was 10 years ago already. They call it the catch three in San Francisco. And Vernon Davis uh, is here with us now. Vernon, good to see you, brother. Um, First thing, when you when you hear that, when you see that moment and you went off that day. um, What's the first thing that comes to mind when you flashback to that catch back in 2012?
6: Well, look, I got get to get rid of these chills you just gave me because I'm, <laughs> man, I'm it right now. I, I haven't seen that play in a long time, man. It was uh, that moment. When I go back to that moment, it was just, it was truly an amazing moment for everyone because that's what we've been waiting for. All of the years that we had where we couldn't really pull it off and win games, it took that game for us to really find our identity and find ourselves. So it was uh, that moment will... We'll, we'll think about that moment for the rest of our lives.
2: Is that that game ball above your right shoulder? You got a bunch of game balls behind you. Yeah. Is that is I got it, a bunch of games. I got other. a bunch of game balls up here, man. I don't know. It should be up there somewhere. It's up there somewhere. Okay. Cause I saw 49 of saints. I was like, Oh, wait a second. Maybe that's it <laughs> right there. But I mean, listen, that just speaks to the type of career you had uh, with the Niners Broncos, where you won the Super Bowl, of course. And then with your hometown, uh, Washington, they were the Redskins at the time, but obviously football team now. But curious, um, you're from D.C., so you finished back at home. You won a ring with Denver. You started with the 49ers. They drafted you six overall out of Maryland. Where do your allegiances lie now? And I ask you that as we you know get ready for the NFC title game uh, between the Niners and the Rams. Who do, who do you still pull for? Who are you still invested in?
6: I think I'll always be red and gold, man. I, I can't. I just... I mean, they've always been faithful to me. And, you know, I spent so many years there, 10 years, 10 long years with the San Francisco 49ers. And I'll definitely, definitely retire there as a Niner. Um, I mean, so much, so much, it's just so much tradition there. Tradition, I mean, you're talking about Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. I mean, those guys paved the way for for all of us. So I'll, um, I love the Bay Area. I'll always be there.
3: Uh, you, you talk about, um, you know, retirement uh, in, in 2019. What was that like, uh, you know, to get out of the cycle of, hey, here it is, season's coming up, training camp, get my body ready, get my mind ready. When that wasn't there, what was that like for you?
6: You know, it's just it's just one of those things, like I tell everyone, just being consistent and just trust, trusting the process, right? You trust the process and know, Everything that you put into it doesn't matter how where you started from. It's just you just have to always keep that on your mind because the moment you lose that, is the moment you would just it'll it'll get hard for you. And for me, I've trained myself to be to endure through anything throughout these throughout my tenure in the NFL. And um, it was just having fun. It was all about having fun. It was all, even though even though I was getting I was getting older and a lot of things had changed within the locker room. I mean, the way coaches looked at players and, you know, everything they asked my role in general as a tight end uh, behind Jordan Reed, but it was just, it's just having fun. Most importantly.
3: Well, you say the way the coaches looked at players, uh, for, for example, how, how did they look at players toward the end compared to the beginning?
6: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know it is you have to, you have to really prove yourself as you get older, you have to prove yourself to it. And, you know, it's it's just part of the game. I mean, because the, they want fresh guys, young, fresh guys who can who can go, who can go, you know, game in, game out. And it's just it's just what it is. Um, you know, I've watched guys like Adrian Peterson, even myself, but you know, just coming in with the Washington Football Team, you know, making sure that we had, we were on top of our game each and every week. Because if we wasn't, we probably would have been replacing this. And like I said, it's just the nature of the game. And, and you know, that's just how it is.
2: Dude, what's, just, what's crazy to me and you and I have talked quite a bit over the last couple of years about your post career transition, which that's what I really want to talk to you about. Like at this point, yeah. and I know you said this, you want people to look at you like they look at the rock and, for, and almost forget you played football, which is going to be hard to do given everything you did as an NFL player. But it's like you, you just left the game. And mm-hmm. every time I look up, every time I check your IMDB page, there's another movie in pre-production <laughs> or post-production dog. Like it's crazy. Like you have hit the ground running the same way you ran at four four coming out of Maryland. Like, I mean, where do we start? I, I, I mean, so you got just in the last couple of years message from Brianna dear best friend gasoline alley and then you got a day to die mutie chariot red Winter," and now rise of the tarragon like it's like one after another like you stacking these credits left and right and not just what you're doing, but who you're working with. So give us right. the scouting report. Right. These are the two biggest names that I've seen you work with. You may have some others you want to shout out, but what's the scouting report on Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman, dude, like right. you went from the NFL. They're acting alongside Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman. Come on. Who does that?
6: Let me tell you. Well, yeah, just being able to caught the relationship with those guys. I mean, like we talk about Bruce Willis. We talking about Morgan Freeman. I mean, these these are guys who've been around for a long time, man. And I remember when I first walked in. I mean, I was nervous. I'm shaking Bruce's hand. I'm like, I got my hand out. (laughs) This is Bruce Willis. I watched you with my grandfather. Man, I used to sit on that on the bottom of that bed. I used to sit on that bed drinking soda and eating potato chips with my grandfather, watching Bruce Willis. But they're (laughs) they're great, great guys to work with. Um, Very inspiring. I know Morgan Freeman. He's like a he's a coach on set. You know, like he's just a coach and he's always joking. He was 80-something years old. The thing that impressed me is that he was the first one on set and the last one to leave. I mean, I've never Mm -hmm. seen anything like that. And I remember he came up to me. This is our first scene together. I didn't know what he was going to say to me, but I I knew I had to be on my A-game. That was the moment I thought I wasn't on my A-game because he came up to me and said, hold up, hold up. He told the director, hold up. (laughs) I was like, what is he about to say to me? So he said, I like it. I like what you did. He said, well, try this. You know, he did like that. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I think that could work. And it did, it worked. I mean, he's a mastermind, genius.
2: How have you managed, it's a, it's a tough business, and even though you played football, and you obviously got the looks for on camera, like, nobody in Hollywood cares what you did in your previous life. Right. How, wh- what has what it taken for you mm-hmm. to get a foothold in such a competitive industry and reinvent yourself as quickly as you have. I think the biggest thing, I think I'm still like, I'm still, thank you for saying
6: that, Mike. I just, I feel like uh, I have a long way to go, but the biggest thing is just the preparation. Preparing, making sure that you do everything you did when you were playing ball. And and, and I'm talking about things like staying after, being the first one there, staying after, catching more balls on the jug machine, right? Getting with the quarterback. You're just putting that time in. Overtime, you know, just being consistent to the craft and not neglecting the craft. I remember when I first tried to walk in this thing, and I didn't know anything. I didn't have any tools. I didn't know anything about the about the acting craft. And now I look back, I'm like, man, why did I even try that? That's like total total disrespect, you know. Hmm. It's it's like somebody coming from off the street. They ain't never played football before, but they trying to just jump in. I'm looking at them like, hey, they think they can come in and do that? That's just kind of disrespectful. But it, it, it's just it's just one of those things it just shows me that you know everything we do if you want to be successful at it you have to put the time in nothing's an easy walk
3: I love that answer I love that answer Vernon uh, and tell us so give us some tips here tell us some of the things you do now craft wise that you didn't know to do when you first started some of that extra stuff so w- what are some of those things
6: well, first of all, well, I, I think the number one thing is just is the formula. It's, it's just things you need to know, how to break down a script, where you're coming from, where you're going. Um, you, want, you want to know everything about the character. you like a detective, right? You want to get into the, the, the life of that character, read the script. And, and the biggest thing is another technique that I love is just relating your life and your own words to the dialogue, right? Because the dialogue is one thing. The writer came up the dialogue. We don't know anything about that dialogue. But when we put our own words to it, those emotions and that intent start to come out of, of those words. You see? And so most most times in most cases when we see someone emotional or crying or they just they're just really going with full with emotion, they they related that scene to a certain moment, a certain moment in their life. Right? And that's why we see that. And it, it's real. That's being realistic under an imaginary circumstance.
2: Awesome. Do That's you awesome. do you find do you find that mentally like and you touched on it a second ago, but like I wanted to compare it almost to when you were a player and you had to like I imagine had to go to a certain place in order to step into that arena and become, you know, kind of like become almost like a different person if you will to go and compete. How do you get to the places that you need to go? Is it is it relating it like you said to a past experience in your life? How do you get how do you tap into that character that you need to tap into in order to uh, to, to bring to bring what needs to be brought to a scene or to a scene? Now that's a good question because you do so many activities, right? And just like football, the preparation is the
6: biggest part. When I leave this house, when I leave my house, and I go on set, I got to be prepared. I know I've made my choices. You know, I don't necessarily know how I'm gonna respond because you respond differently. There can be there can be something that just happens and just takes over your body and you respond to it, you go with it. You know, no no choice is right or wrong. It's, it's just some ch- choices that are better than the others, right? So I know that I'm full with emotion because I've already done my, I, I got my objective, I got my scene objective, I have my obstacles, I have everything, I have all of my beats and actions in place, right? So when I break all that down and I'm here at this house and I'm reliving those moments that I that, from my life that I attached to the, the dialogue in that script, then I know I'm ready to go. So now, when I get on set, I know that I know how to speak Zulu, right? I, I study. I, hmm. I know how to speak Zulu. I know how to speak. The, I worked with my dialect coach. I know how to speak uh, South African di- dialect, you know. And that's, you know, that's what that was the Morgan Freeman movie. I had to learn the, the South African dialect. I also had to learn. They didn't tell me to learn Zulu, but one thing that I took from football is that you always want to over prepare, right? So I over prepared, and I went and I learned some Zulu, a little bit of Zulus because I'm like, if this character. Knows, a, knows the dialect, he has to learn how to speak Zulu as well. You see what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I'm just, you know, I've been so fascinated about your second act, man, and, and emphasis on act. Um, mm. I think last time I talked to you, a were filming Red Winter, but I don't mm. want to limit you just to an actor. You are a, a producer, uh, you, you, you're a creator. And I wonder, what are your goals as a creator? Who, do, who does Vernon Davis want to be as a creator, whether that's on camera or behind the camera?
6: I think I just, I think creativity is just, you know, pretty much thinking outside the box and just as you get these ideas, right? You get these ideas, you're putting them to paper. Then you bring in this, these ideas on the paper onto the screen. You bring it out in real life, right? It's, it's, it's real stuff. It's stuff that came from your imagination and things you took from other places. Maybe somebody gave you something. um, And and what I'll do is I'll take these ideas and I'll, I'll jot them down and then I'll, I'll create a deck out of it just so I can have mm-hmm. kind of have that outline of what I'm really looking for. And sometimes I use this app called Filmmaker Pro. Um, shout out to Filmmaker Pro. It's an awesome app. And I'll kind of make my own little, my own little sizzle. Uh, so I can kind of see what it looks like. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just letting those creative juices flow. And I, and I feel like I'm just a creative person. Um, I don't think I'm just one. I just think when I, when I describe myself, I like to describe myself as a creative individual.
3: So creative individual as Mike said actor and producer Mm -hmm. uh, that was in you. So it was in you when you were playing football. Did you share that vision some of your visions that you have now did you share that with anybody in football and I wonder if you did what was their response.
6: No, I didn't really uh, I didn't really share too much because you know, like playing football. You have to give it everything you have. I couldn't really tap into like the things that I'm tapping into now because Hmm. football takes up so much time, man. That was my heart and my soul. I knew that I had to go in and be my very best. Like I was just talking about, I had to be my very best every single day. So that was my focus. I couldn't focus on anything else. I had to, I had to, I had to make a sacrifice, either do this or do both. And I couldn't do both. So I had to wait, but my teammates used to give me a hard time. I did a skit with Alex Smith, and Jeremy Sprinkle, when I was with the Washington football team, and uh, I'm in the bathroom, and I'm, I'm doing like this, you know, shaving myself. Alex walk, Sprinkle walks in, he said, Vernon. He said, Alex, Vernon in here, doing this active stuff again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's uh... <laughs> And times yeah. have changed, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Back, back back then it wasn't as it wasn't as acceptable, right, Mike? It was like it feels like we've that, evolved that's right. when it comes to They're athletes like, being more football, than just athletes. It's football important yeah. to you. It's right. football important yeah, exactly. to you, you know, like,
3: exactly. they, yeah. all that yeah. kind of stuff. But you know, yeah. what, Vernon, I, I got to tell you, I I love it, the pandemic. That if there's a positive, if there's a silver lining in some of this stuff. A lot of us have been at home and having more family time, more couples time. So. I have gone through a lot of shows with my wife that I normally wouldn't have time to watch and I watch some stuff and I'm really inspired by it. That's great. I'm wondering as, as a creative when you look at it as a producer as an actor. What's the last thing you looked at and said, "Ooh, that's good. I'm going to do something like that or I can take this in a different direction. Is there anything that's really inspired you that way.
6: Mm, wow, man, I like, I like, man. I was watching a movie called Cutthroat City. Man, mm. that movie was amazing, amazing. It had two endings. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it had Terrence Howard, Ti. I mean, it had, it literally had two endings. At the end, it showed, it showed one out, uh, uh, an outcome. Then it showed the, uh, the real outcome.
2: I'm like, wow, what did it come, what did it come up with that? It's crazy. Is the Rizzo's film. Okay. This is. The, is this is. Oh wow! It set out. The, yo! It set out the Hurricane Katrina. All right, B. I gotta watch the I gotta
6: Yeah. B. Cox was the director. Um. Uh, uh. DP on that director of photography. He killed it. He's actually a good friend of mine. Oh man. Okay. When I, it's just I remember right. when I met, we actually became friends after I watched the movie, and
2: when I met. I said, like, "Wow, man. Man, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. The way you did <laughs> that." But Ethan Hawke, Wesley Snipes, Terrence Howard, yeah, man, I'm gonna definitely check that out.
3: Wow, Yo, check that out, um, yeah, that's good.
2: I mean, listen, I'm i I'm, I'm a skip over dancing. Uh, we know you got dance moves. Um, the other, so we, we, we saw you on that. Da- I think that's the last time we talked when you were uh, competing on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's crazy all the various interests you have. The last thing I want to ask you about, since Beijing is right around the corner, you being an honorary captain for the U.S. <laughs> curling team curling. and whatnot. Where do you find time for your curling? I mean, you, you know, you're producing, you're acting, you know what I mean? Like, where, where's your, how's your curling game coming along?
6: Well, lately, I've just been talking about it. <laughs> I've been having <laughs> of interviews about curling. But now I haven't had a chance to really get out. Um, the last time I was out was a, a year ago. But, you know, curling's similar to, I think, I like to think of it like golf, not the, the actual game, but the feeling that you get. Right. It's one of those sports that, you know, when you go out there, you actually you really enjoy it. You can you can communicate, you can have conversations, you can have fun, and you're you're getting your 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 goal is to get to a certain target, right? And it's nothing like being able to get to that target and the feeling that you get once you achieve that. That's that's the same kind of feeling as You just you have to just make time for it whenever you can.
2: Yo, man, we appreciate you making the time for us. That's great. Uh, It's just it's so good to catch up with you, man. Like it's just fascinating uh, how you know, so many players you hear and it's unfortunate, but understandable. You spend your whole life preparing for a career that if you're lucky lasts a few years, you play. Was it 14 you played like I mean, it's like you played 14 years and like Mm -hmm. Michael said off the top that transition can be very hard and it's just great to see what you've been doing post career. You just retired and, and you well on your way. to like, like you said, I, I read what you said you want to be like the rock where people be like, oh, he played football because you're that great of an actor and you are well on your way, man. So we appreciate you. Thank All you right. so much for coming through. I appreciate Thanks, that. Man. Thank you guys. All right, Vernon. Be good, man. Okay,
3: check out that. Got to check out that movie now. <laughs>
2: it's like it's like Michael Strahan.
3: You know how many people don't realize Michael Strahan played football.
2: You
1: know, like these young kids, you know? Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com dot com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Is, is Kyle in your head at all, you know, in terms of trying to get past these guys? No. Um, what, I, what I do have is respect for these guys. They've done a great job. You know, you look at it. Um, you got to play well in that three and a half hour window that we're allotted. Um, you look at the last time that we played him, didn't finish the game. But but this is a really good football team. We have a lot of respect for them, But, um, you know, we're competing and, and preparing to the best of our ability to go out and, and see if we can advance. But this is a really good team. Kyle's an excellent coach. They got great players, great coaches, good schemes. And so, it's why they're in the NFC Championship.
0: Yesterday, Sean McVeigh was asked if you're in his head. And not going to ask you the clunky question, but do you sort of enjoy that he has to answer that question right now?
1: Not really. I think that's... I mean, I think it's kind of silly. I mean, I think a question like that is just giving Sean and myself way too much credit. I know he doesn't feel that way, and he knows I don't feel that way. So, I mean, you know, the entertainment of this business is cool and stuff because it brings a lot of fans and uh, brings a lot of money for everybody. But um, I think that's kind of pretty ridiculous. I don't give coaches that much credit.
2: Uh, Speaking of credit, despite the uh – the Rams best effort by adding. I think they initially limited uh, ticket sales to people with California credit card addresses despite the Rams best efforts. Uh, well, I saw an estimate where it's going to be a 65 35 49 er crowd estimated at SoFi Stadium. So technically the Rams are at home, but uh, you know what Niners fans just like they did in week 18 uh, know how to make themselves comfortable uh, on you know the what? road. What's the biggest story you know what? in this game for you? Yeah. Okay. Before
3: I get to the biggest story, biggest storyline in the game, I'll just say something to you. You you mentioned earlier you're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and how they have prepared for the noise in Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think more teams should do this. Like, if you're really trying, like, this is next to this is some 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 Jedi stuff. Right? You're really trying to get yourself to the Super Bowl and you're preparing for it. you start preparing for it early. I want opposing fans to come into our home stadium. Why? Because at the Super Bowl, you've been to many Super Bowls. What's it like? It's like a constant chatter. It's a constant buzz. It's a neutral crowd with pockets of this team pockets of that team. Some corporate folk in there. It's always noise. It's not necessarily loud in favor of you or the opponent. Uh, depending on where the Super Bowl is. So get used to a crowd that may be against you because that's gonna happen in the Super Bowl. So I don't care about like I'm not gonna get so caught up in the Oh, our our crowd is not there. That probably So you're saying it's a good thing for the Rams. It's a good thing because if you because if you stay at home, if you if you protect home court little basketball, you know, so Stay great. on Win, winners, winners keep the court. If you keep that court, then very next week you're gonna be you're gonna be taking on either Cincinnati or Kansas mm. City. Uh, and so that they're gonna bring their crowd and your home wow. stadium, your home stadium is gonna become a neutral stadium to a degree. That's all right. Huh. It's fine. Uh, you know what? You know what's overrated? That that's 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 a, that's one way to turn a frown upside down. What's overrated? That's right like these outrageous crowds like I, I'm sorry to tell the folks in Seattle. Come on the 12 and you know, they got their own. Okay, they got their own okay. like, <laughs> like no, I'm just what I'm just saying is like that probably back sometimes sometimes that you know you uh, people can't hear and there's a false start, but it's not yeah. like I've seen a team but but Mike, I have never seen a team that is better than the home team lose the game because of the home crowd. I've never seen that happen. In all my years covering sports, I have never seen it happen ever. So,
2: um so I asked you what the biggest storyline in this game is. You're telling me what the most biggest overrated storyline. You tell me what that's the most overrated storyline is the Niners fans taking over SoFi. Although I recall Matthew Stafford had to go to a silent count at home. I mean, Michael, I hear what you're saying that okay, if yeah, you win yeah. this game, Maybe it does better prepare you for the more neutral environment that you're going to experience anyway, yeah. since you happen to have the Super Bowl at home. But when you have the NFC Championship game, I mean, you, especially a team that you've lost to six straight times, or if you really want to be, you know, technical about it, they swept you this year. Okay. If you just want to focus on yeah. this year, if you want to go and say, you right. know what, what happened two or three years ago doesn't matter, it's about this year. Well, they beat them twice this year, and they came back to beat them. Fueled by the energy of Niners fans in SoFi Stadium in week 18. Seventeen it's a point, thing
3: Seventeen point. Lead. I, w- 17 point lead. I wouldn't, go so, big, far, the I wouldn't go so far as to
2: I wouldn't go That's so far story. as to say that Sean McVay is in. Oh, excuse me that Kyle Shanahan is in Sean McVay's head. And even if he is, it's irrelevant because both of them are on offense. So I have a hard time thinking that that would there's no chess match between those two guys. Um, you know, they don't coordinate the defenses. But six straight wins, including two this year, that's a thing. The Niners overtaking their home stadium, that is a thing. And that's just something else that they have to overcome in addition, to your point, to overcoming a really good Niners
1: team.
3: Well, all right, so if you look at those scores too, especially lately, last five or six you know, uh, a lot of one score games in there, overtime game and there was a blowout um, the first game they played the season. But these, ga- these Niners have, very have won six games. straight.
2: The last four as yeah. o- or underdogs. And one more stat I want to tell you, Michael. A lot of people say, oh, third time, it's hard to beat a team three times. Not really. There have been 22 instances of a third meeting in a season. 14 times there's been a sweep. is As in, 14 yeah. times, a team that won the previous two won the third one as well.
3: Well, I, I, I'll just tell you, I don't want to bury the lead. I'll just get right to it. I, I don't think there will be a <laughs> sweep here. I think the Rams, okay. I think the Rams are going to win this game. But mm. when you ask me about the biggest storyline, I think the biggest storyline is the LA Rams. If they, if they win, if, if they're able to pull this off, it's one of the rare examples. If you think about it, this hasn't happened much in the NFL. A team that has decided that it's actively decided, intentional, about going all in forget about conventions. I'm going to go in. We're going to build it. We're going to have some stars at the top and we're going to do it with the intention of getting to the Super Bowl this year. There are a lot of stories about team. We mock these teams. Hey, Daniel Snyder had one back in the day. He brought in all these stars. Bruce Smith Deion Sanders. All, they didn't do it. Uh, we talk about Philadelphia's dream. That's different, team. Though. They didn't do it. No, but what I'm saying is Washington a lot is different of, in the in the NFL. It's you won't find a lot of teams that are able to pull this off, and the Rams are pretty close. Like
2: there, there are. Well, you, you mentioned I Washington guess, back in the day. All those dudes, those they were all past their prime, and those are free agent signings. But oh, we say that I don't now understand. with the
3: benefit of hindsight. We said no, they, the were, by, of they hindsight. were past their prime. The no, they were past their prime but, then. But they were hyped, but they, they were past, past their prime then. I agree. I agree. But there weren't. There weren't. There wasn't a lot of commentary at the time. Dude, you were like six years old when it happened, so don't act like you remember. Um watching? Now I'm flipping it. I now was I'm flipping it around now, oh. on you. Now I'm gonna turn it around. I'm turning it around on you. Anyway, um, but there weren't a lot of people at the time saying this is not gonna work. Philadelphia, okay. there weren't a lot of people saying this is this is not gonna work. I think the biggest thing is this is a team that is built to win right now, has has really but not pushed. Now and in. only
2: now. That's the that's the misconception now about what Leslie has only done. Now. They're built not for the only long now. haul. This is this actually isn't as How bold and, and and risky as people make it out to be. Because people are like, oh, my God, you've mortgaged your future. You've traded all these draft picks. How many people miss on these picks anyway? I'm surprised more teams don't go at it the way the Rams did. If you have an opportunity to solidify or upgrade even your quarterback position, they traded picks to get Jared Goff. How'd that work out? They went to the Super Bowl with him at quarterback, but they clearly needed an upgrade. So they traded two ones and a three to solidify the most important position. Aaron Donald's homegrown. Okay, a lot of those players on that team right. are homegrown guys. They trade for Jalen Ramsey. Oh, Jaylen we have trade. not Odell no, Beckham Jr.
3: They, is not. I mean,
2: I know, but my point is the idea that they somehow did something that is so outside the box. All they draft picks are nothing but it currency is though, how I know.
3: It shouldn't be. I know.
2: How you spend your draft okay. picks That's different. shouldn't be like, oh my God, we have to take an unproven prospect out of the out of that's college. Different. That's the way it's always you been done two, to build a team. You just said two
3: different things. You know,
2: I, no that I no I didn't. You, I said what they're what, doing should not be considered bold and unconventional. I'm surprised your teams don't do it. Right. Well, because all not, draft picks are as currency and you use those I'm picks to acquire you.
3: players. That's it. I'm agreeing with you and disagreeing with you. I agree. It should not be. It should not be unusual. More teams should do it, but it is unusual because more teams don't and they are they, are, uh, they, they stand alone in a way of, of, of trying to find comps. It's, it's hard to find a te- an, uh, NFL team that does mm-hmm. what the LA Rams have done. Now NBA, your Brooklyn Nets have tried it. And other teams have tried it and said, okay, forget it. I'll trade seven, six, seven. I'll do pick swaps, all this stuff. The Clippers have tried it, but they haven't come as close as the Rams are now. I just I appreciate Clippers, you coming full Clippers circle. Did. I just appreciate you coming did. full
2: circle. Like, this is twice it's now. Gross, you can't full circle I'm on the growing. Bengals. You're coming. Growing. It's I'm growth. Growing. Gro- growth. Listen, I'm absolutely.
3: Growing. Absolutely. Yes. It's growth. growth. No, I mean,
2: growth. because I absolutely love that once upon a time you were critical of this approach by the Rams. That you know they were mortgaging their future, and how could they do this? And here they are. So,
3: can I just just confess something real quick?
2: Yeah, when I did when
3: I did did sports talk radio, I did four hours a day. It was four hours, four hours, five days a week. So that's twenty hours of talking. (laughs) Brothers need content. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes we just got that problem.
4: I don't have hey, that problem.
3: Hey, okay, well, listen, you, ain't you just never, want to say stuff just to say it,
2: then that's you it, I because you
3: because you've never done four hours of sports talk radio day after day after day. Now you can sit there and, uh, all sadity if you want to, all self righteous. Well, okay. I would never. I no, would never no, you're right. That. No, I Michael, you're
2: right. Okay. I've never I've never done four hours of sports talk radio with five other people on the show and callers. That's real. Yeah, five, you're right. Five five never, other I've never. I've, on I've the, only done national television five days a week. Okay, like I don't I've never on simulcast oh, hey, when listen, people man, call I, me. I, okay, yeah. Hey, hey you man, are, you I wanna ain't You want to you I, wanna do I this? You really want to do this? I ain't trying to come at. I ain't trying to come at your career. Like, oh you don't be saying Like, you don't. like kinda, Like, I like, ain't like ain't your struggle see. is greater than mine, or something. You know, like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so hard to cover one market. It's so hard to focus on four or five teams. Oh my. Oh my God. Oh my God. Some folks you just can't talk to. She whiz. What a burden you bore. Okay. No, I'm just. I love you. Let's get back to this game. storylines in this game a big one All right. and I'm torn on this Michael. I'm torn. You think the Rams are going to win. I do. I, I, I think I think the Niners are going to win this game, but I'm wow. torn on who I'm pulling for. So I asked you early about the AFC like better story. Big story going and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm biased because I'm kind of living vicariously through dude. like if I was actually talented and and muscular you know, I mean, maybe I'd be Aaron Donald, you know what I'm saying, but I'm not but I I, I love the jokes. I love the I love the constant references. Family you know, reunion. Be like hey, family reunion.
3: That's, I, you know, that's, that's your it. family, man.
2: So Aaron Donald so is good. already one of the him. best one of the I am already one of the best defensive players of all time. Many would say he's the yes. best player regardless of position in the league right now and his mm. legacy even as young as he still is is very much at the forefront and top of mind for everybody within the Rams organization,
4: uh,
6: it's just trying to find a way to win. You know, um, trying to find something, a way to get back and accomplish something I never accomplished before. I didn't I? Don't know what it felt like to win the Super Bowl. I know what it felt like to be there, but I don't know what it felt like to win. You know, I feel like I accomplished a lot in a short amount of time in this league. The one thing, only thing I'm lacking now is, is trying to, you know, be a world champion. You know, but you know, to get to that point, we gotta, we gotta win this week. Um, so we focus on the 49ers and trying to find a way to, you know, to beat them to get to what we're trying to get to. This building wants to win for Aaron Donald to create more mystique to his legacy and what it's done. You know, our people in PR, our people in community relations, our people in the football office, the the ops, everything that we have, the training room, the uh, his players, his brothers. We want to win for Aaron Donald. Yeah.
2: That's phenomenal to hear, man. Because, I mean, we've made it I so like much it. about this I grand like experiment, this grand experiment yeah. on the part of the Rams, you know, trading off for all these players. And, you know, Matthew Stafford as a quarterback, you know, we always put a lot of it on the quarterback. Sean McVay and Lesney proving that going all in, like we just talked about, was the right move. When really, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey, all of them, are, they, they, you know, von has got a ring. Jalen ain't got a ring. Odell ain't got a ring. But they're like, yo, we want to get this for AD because AD that's the only thing that's missing from leadership and AD still AD still beating himself up for not winning his one-on-one battle or that pass that Brady threw to set up uh, to, was it? To, Sony to Michelle such down the Super Bowl or yeah, the yeah, pass to the Gronk down. That's on score down right. sideline. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, so he still feels like he has some kind of redeeming to do. So I'm torn Michael between rooting for Aaron Donald and rooting for my Rams. Okay, my Rams. They're yours. They're yours on hey, this show. Hey, look, why but you not you my quarterback? Why not
3: take the same? Why not take the same approach that I said on the have come too far. You said you've been right. You've been riding that- with Cincinnati all year long, bro. San you Francisco were riding is with that, the Rams.
2: It's that six straight. It's
3: I, 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 I said, that don't know
2: this. They this this matchup. Matchups something. matter. I, I don't want to say matchups I don't say it doesn't mean
3: anything. Okay, but right here. Okay, matchups matter. But you know, I also I, I think a really big thing is health. So you look at San Francisco. Oh, yeah, that matters. They're a little, sure. they're, they're really, they're really a, a little banged up. Trent Williams mm-hmm. was banged up. Um, mm-hmm. Debo was limping in the Green Bay game yeah. at toward the end of the Green Bay right. game. I don't know. Whitworth how. It should be you know, back both, for the
2: Rams. I believe. Yeah.
3: Bosa yeah. has been ha, has had some injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Warner was a little Jimmy, banged up in the, the Cowboys game. Yeah. Jimmy is hurt. And here's the other thing. If you think about this, they really jumped the Cowboys. That that didn't surprise anybody. I I thought San Francisco was going to beat the Cowboys. That didn't shock me at all. The ending was a little surprising, but the way the way they played throughout, let's say three quarters of that Mm -hmm. game. Not surprising, but three quarters of that game. They dominated. Then at the end of the Cowboys game, they really struggled. Jimmy like lost his mind. I was like, dude, what are oh, you doing? Yeah. You trying to? Like, you, well, even the, even the Packers the game, game, he lost
2: his mind. You try. He,
3: so that's it, what I'm saying. Throughout so the Packers they, game. Didn't, they didn't score a touchdown, offensive touchdown in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys. Uh. They didn't uh, they didn't score a touchdown uh. offensively in the whole Packers game. Yeah, they, they had a that, yeah. that special yeah. teams blunder from the Packers. did huh. they didn't get the field yeah. goal. But between the offensive struggles a little bit, because Green Bay is mm. a good defense, LA is too. Mm. Um, between the offensive struggles and the injuries, and the, the nature of these six, it's not like 6 and 0. Oh. It's not like Sean McVay is coming yeah. there, uh, has, has yeah, gone in, has Like, oh man, yeah. I got no answers. Yeah. Right, what's yeah. Kyle going to do? I don't even know. Yeah, no, these they, have they, been yeah, really not like They don't belong in the games. same field. Yeah, yeah. So I think. Well, well, I think, well, well uh, the I think earlier LA this year, they swam. got
2: pumped. The one earlier this year they got pumped, but yeah, I, want, yeah. I when we talk I do wanna right? yeah, I do wanna talk about my quarterback now. I was saying, you know, Aaron Donald's my dude, it's my Rams, but Jimmy G is my quarterback. Jimmy G has become Jimmy my quarterback. G? I feel yeah, wow. I feel compelled to cape. I'ma, I'ma tell you why. I'm gonna tell, tell you why I'm mad. I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. Okay? First of all, don't be don't be asking okay. me no questions. First of all, you can't be asking me no questions. Like, who okay. is you? Like, no, let me I'm gonna tell you something. I feel like I got to cape up for Jimmy Garoppolo despite him trying to throw it to the other team. Every time you look despite his boneheaded mistakes. Okay, because everybody will act like Jimmy Garoppolo just just hit the hit the lottery. He just lucky like it's coincidental that Kyle. that man, you know, there's no way that Jimmy Garoppolo can have the record that the Niners have when he's starting that Kyle Shanahan's record with Jimmy Garoppolo can be so good it's like, okay. It's, okay, I think it's like 31 right. and 14 or something like that. Right. Um, okay, okay. And so bad when Jimmy Garoppolo is not his quarterback. That's not just coincidental. That's not just luck. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if it's what he says in a huddle. I don't know if it's his pregame speeches. I don't know. I don't know if it's the kind of cologne he wears. I don't know if he got a rabbit's yeah. foot. I don't know if he got a horseshoe on his ass. I don't know, know what it is, handsome. but Very maybe handsome. it's that. But they win games yeah. with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. He does what he does just enough, whatever he needs to do, when he needs to do it. He makes the throws that he has to make when he has to make them. This sounds and, good. Yeah, Trey Lance got all this upside. But I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo keep winning because I'm rooting for chaos. I'm this an this agent of chaos. And, I don't, no, and I'm i I'm telling you, 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 you might the be. Niners They're not. cannot win Jettison Jimmy. They cannot get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Bring this dude back and let Trey Lance learn another year. Let him get some more seasoning for another year. So give me the Bengals in the AFC. Give me the 49ers in the NFC. And Michael,
3: it's a rematch of Super Bowl 16 and 23. And (laughs) all right, there it is. And they were both, they were both really good games. Really good games. Now, the first one. Super Bowl sixteen, San Francisco jumps out to a big lead. Cincinnati grinding back, grinding back. But it was a goal line stand, featuring Hacksaw Reynolds. Yeah. Kept Pete Johnson out of the end zone. I remember watching that man as a little Honey kid activity. sitting there watching, watching, watching in front of our little Zenith. You know those floor model Zeniths with the rabbit ears. Yeah. And we actually had reception that day. That was shocking. I remember we actually got good reception. That must have been on one of the good channels um, that we actually uh, could see. But and then the other one was awesome. The, the legend of John uh, Joe Montana allegedly saying, "Hey, isn't that John Candy in the audience yeah. o- on his way to the on, on the winning touchdown?" But I say this: your thing with Jimmy, man, you lost your mind. I hope Jimmy has a good relationship. With Aaron Rodgers, because I saw Aaron Rodgers just put his house in California up for sale. And maybe Jimmy can get the realtor's number. Cause if his house ain't up for sale, it better be. Hey, hey man, take advantage. Be the first on the market. The spring market will come before you know it. Just be the first to the market. Get your house out there because he is so gone. <laughs> He's so gone. Shouldn't from be from San you Francisco. He, he shouldn't, shouldn't be. be, my, my he All could the be things a quarterback. Jimmy, If these things were, if these things were true, San Francisco wouldn't have gone out of its way to trade up from 12 to three using a lot yeah, of draft okay. capital. You mentioned it. Okay.
2: They used draft the Packers, capital in a different way than the Raiders. The Rams.
3: Packers traded up to take
2: uh, to take Jordan Love. They ain't the I first or the same. last team to same. trade up for Jordan a Jordan Love like no join love. Was no. like, what, what is he
3: was number 20 something 21. You should 21. not be a prisoner
2: Stop. of your past transactions. He went up to,
3: three. My, went up to number three.
2: No, I was there. I saw it. I, I called it. Okay. I know. and Don't I know why love, love. Jimmy was always bad hurt, example. And Jimmy bad is example, not as di- It's not a bad example. It's the one that came up. You you're missing the point. The point is you can't be a prisoner of your past transactions. Things change. Okay, they traded up to portray Lance because he's more dynamic more talented better. Tell upside. The law but Jimmy's a, but Jimmy's tell, availability tell the government was also that. a question. Jimmy's availability was also a question. If he, Jimmy Garoppolo that. got in the NFC championship game, if they go to the Super Bowl yeah. and dare I say yeah. win it with Jimmy Garoppolo, you got to bring yeah. it back and next year, no, next, next year, take back. care of itself.
3: Man, Jimmy okay. Jimmy Garoppolo right. has Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you, you know what is They uh, win me, games uh, okay. with him. Let me just. Sure they do. Um, since you since you like <laughs> sure numbers so much, <laughs> you know what yeah, uh, a... Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo's quarterback rating is in these playoffs. You know what his quarterback rating is so far.
2: I don't know He's it, but I got 63. another number. Go ahead.
3: It's sixty-three.
2: Go ahead. He's got I, got a a for you. 63. I got a better number for
3: sixty-three.
2: I got better. He part. ain't carrying his average, Wait, his passing yards per game in the postseason. 127.8 that's the second fewest of any quarterback with at least four postseason wins since 1950. I remember when he threw it eight times against Green Bay last year. I'm not saying he's right. Joe Montana or Steve Young. I'm saying I don't know why but they win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Could they win him a Trey Lance? They gotta, Maybe. I've they seen hide them. They're good. They good but they ain't that they good. Hide 30, 33 they, and 14 good. They hide him. Okay. All right. Okay, they do. They do We've okay. talk about okay. We've talked about all the, okay. all the weapons Joe got, Burrow Devo and Kittle Joe Burrow and Jimmy Garoppolo go ball out and that's gonna be your Super Bowl quarterback matchup and you gonna learn to like it. Joe Burrow and Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in the Super Bowl. I love the Rams. I love you Aaron. I love A.D. I love Jalen but the Niners got I lay out there. So, so
3: Gary can clip that keep that clean.
4: James Harden didn't sign his contract extension. Mm-hmm. All right. He didn't sign it. He was supposed to sign it. He was supposed to go KD, Kyrie, James Harden. Didn't happen. All right. So he didn't sign it. Now, James Harden camp is telling people in Philly who want to come play with MB next mm-hmm. year. This ain't no lot of facts, but then he telling the Brooklyn Nets, the only group different. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do you, so, you drop a park bomb? Yeah, so would, and I never said I ain't told nobody. But this is happening in real life. Smoke. Yeah, we well, got to give all the smoke. So, <laughs> so that's so so now so now Embiid mm, like, because that. of who Embiid is, mm. he's a dog, and yes. he want and he want to win. Can you imagine that pick and roll coming down here with Harden coming at you? with Embiid just setting a big pick on him and pick and rolling? I mean, that could be the best two man game in the league, easily. Mm. But that's that's what that's said. So that's why Embiid ain't doing no complaining.
0: There's some reports out today that's, that suggest that you might not be happy in Brooklyn or with the rotations that are happening. I'm just wondering, A, if you can speak reports to...
2: Reports from
0: who? Uh, all right, then. Um, Leacher report. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, instead of speaking to the reports, can you just talk about your experience living in Brooklyn? What do you mean? <laughs> the, the report suggested that you were unhappy.
4: I'm you reports. Said, i reports? talking about reports. I don't know about reports. Did you guys hear from me? That's like, that's what I'm asking. All you. right, so... Um,
2: I don't know about the reports. I don't know about the reports. If you didn't hear from me, like I don't, I don't, I don't talk to nobody. I have an agent. <laughs> like, you know, if you don't hear from me, then it's reports. So, um, you know, just, I'm, I'm frustrated because I want to win and I'm, am a competitor. It's pretty simple. Well then, Vincent goodwill. Uh, since you traffic in reports, uh, forget who better to ask. You know what the what the what the word on the street is. What, what, what's the That's word around a campfire? you got your yeah, you got your ears to the streets. Will, uh
3: <laughs> comma I traffic in reports.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and then um, and I think this came up. And you correct me if I'm wrong, Vinny. You and Chris Haynes, uh, it was a little crossover. Y'all had posted up and feel and and, and good and the good word with Goodwill came together <laughs> on Yahoo. And Chris talked about how executives around the league are suspicious of tampering or collusion or whatever you want to call it between Michael Rubin in Philadelphia and James Harden. So we talked about this a couple of days ago about there being so much smoke or all the smoke if you will. Is there fire here? Does it feel like James Harden uh, may have one foot out the door already guys, or is this contingent upon how the rest of this season plays out with Kevin Durant coming back and Kyrie playing part-time?
0: I don't think a decision has been made yet. I think that would be premature of anybody to say, but do I think that James Harden is setting things up so that he has options in the offseason? Absolutely. Like, you think about it, most of the top players, aside from Stephen Curry, has been a real free agent before, an unrestricted free agent with all his options in front of him. James Harden has not had that experience. So everything has basically been, although you have some agency in it, you when you sign extensions and everything else, he's never been right. a forced, a forced tra- trade. Exactly, a forced trade. He's never yeah. been a full-fledged free agent. And when you look yeah. at all the chaos in Brooklyn, with Kyrie Irving being Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you know, having, you having to manage, manage Kevin Durant. You have to manage his health, and add to the fact that you have an inexperienced coach and in Steve Nash, yeah, playing with Joel Embiid, looks pretty nice. Playing for Daryl Morey, who he had his most successful individually, looks nice. And when you're talking about a player who doesn't have an agent, this is the key thing, guys. James Harden does not have an agent. Your agent operates as proxy for you. So in terms of having these, you know, clandestine discussions with other teams and ownership and everything else, which your agent is able to have, like, there's nothing against that he's not able to have someone speak for him. So if he is talking to Michael Rubin, a minority owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, he feels more likely that it's him as opposed to someone speaking for him, which is why something like this can get out. And of course, people are going to cry foul because not only is it the Philadelphia 76ers, but it's Daryl Morey. How much money has Daryl Morey cost the league with the China fiasco where he has not actually been held accountable publicly or privately? But teams have been held accountable because they've lost a lot of international money, so they don't want to see Daryl Morey winning again, and they do not want to see the chance of real free agency being circumvented by a situation like this. Do I believe that there's a possibility James Harden winds up in Philly? Absolutely.
2: I'm giggling. You know why I'm giggling? I'm g- you, know, I'm why giggling. You, you know I'm giggling? <laughs> I'm, giggling. I'm sorry, Vinny. I wasn't laughing at you. That was all great insight. Ah, I'm laughing I, I know, because... I know you. I know you're laughing at. I know what you're laughing at. You're laughing at Mike. You're laughing at it looked like he was stifling laughter himself. It looked I, I know Michael it looked like he wanted to start laughing, but was kind of like Yeah, okay. exactly, Okay,
3: exactly. Right.
2: Go ahead. Was. Go ahead. Was you was you've been want to give me this smoke. Hey. Okay, fine. No, been I want mean, to give me this no, smoke for two days.
3: Go ahead. Vinny, Venny, Vinny. You mentioned Michael Rubin. I don't want to hear from Michael Rubin. I want to hear from Michael Smith. Because Michael Smith loves the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, he loves the assemblage of talent. Michael Smith loves Mm -hmm. telling you about, hey, wait till they all get together. Michael Smith can tell you about Kevin Durant's shoe size. And If it hadn't been for his shoe size, they would have won a championship. So, Michael, how's it going, buddy? How's it going? (laughs) I, I never thought, I never thought it would end like this. James Harden asking out for the second it time over. in three years. Oh, okay. It's over. It's over. Yeah. Because if he's asking out, if he's thinking out and trying to li- <laughs> hey, 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 I like the little games he's trying to play with the uh, with the media. What report? What? Yeah, what? What? <laughs> no, James. James, are you happy here? Do you want to be traded? He, he danced around that one. Mike, uh, are you very confident that the Brooklyn Nets are going to. You know, win that championship and show everybody how great it is <clears> to have James and Kyrie and KD. How you feeling?
2: Uh Vinny, uh speaking of uh Daryl Morey, <laughs> uh, uh there was a report come on, from <laughs> <laughs> Walsh. I mean, what report? I mean, what,
3: what you over to say? What you over to say? What you over to say, okay? Like, yeah, they'll it, turn like it I want you to say it's early and they'll figure it out. Like all great no, athletes. No, I'm not going to figure that. out their roles. And Vinny, then they say, okay, the other we can day, do this." Okay,
2: so you know what? Don't be using my words against me because a lot a lot's changed since then Vinny. I'm gonna tell you what I said to Michael the other day. I said when Kyrie said he was like a tree planted by the water and he will not be moved even for basketball to take the shot. I said I am. I said he was rooted. I'm resigned and I am resigned at the Brooklyn Nets. Will mm-hmm. go down as one of the biggest what ifs in recent sports and definitely NBA history. Not when you recent, couple ever, all the time, ever, right? Whatever, yes. When you couple the yes. injuries in the playoffs last year, and yes, mm-hmm. Michael, when you couple how close they came uh, to Kevin Durant yeah. two pointer that should have been a three to knocking off the eventual champions, and now you go into it with Kevin Durant hurt again and a part time Kyrie Irving with no resolution in sight. Yeah, Vinny, I am. Michael got jokes, but the truth is, I can't argue with what's happening right now. It looks like this is just not meant to be for Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to fall on the sword too because I believe that the Brooklyn Nets, when it's the preseason predictions and everything else. I thought the Brooklyn Nets were going to win the championship, too. Like, who thought James Harden, A, would look like a shell of himself? Like, we can have all this talk about James Harden being a free agent and all that is well and good, but he is not the same MVP player that he was his years in Houston or even last year before he hurt his hamstring. He does not look fully recovered from that. And I I think Kevin Durant, when he comes back, y'all, he's going to be Kevin Durant. He's going to be the best player in basketball if not, you know, 1 or 1A. But I don't think that's going to be enough if you have a Kyrie Irving who may or may not be playing, depending on whether the game is in New York or whether it's somewhere else, and you have an inexperienced coach in Steve Nash that you can't trust to be able to figure these things out on the fly. So, yeah, when you think about, you know, biggest flops, you're thinking about that Laker team that had Dwight Howard and Pau Gasol and Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant, and you you were thinking, man, I got my mouth water for some hash, i.e., Lakers and LeBron, Miami Heat in the finals, and we ain't getting no hash. It wasn't even a swallow. It, it wasn't even a swallow orange you in there. You know what I mean? So, so mm-hmm. I think that the Brooklyn Nets right now look like a team that will get out of the first round of the playoffs and bow out. And I will tell you this, if Kevin Durant's foot doesn't you know, step behind the line, step in front of the line, I don't think they win the NBA title last year. I think they may, probably they right. may get to the finals, but James Harden's hamstring doesn't look right this year. What was it going
2: right. to look like last year? So, and, no. And I, not to I, mention Phoenix, Phoenix is a, w- a very worthy runner up. Phoenix would have probably uh, run him off the court uh, if they were, if they were have got past Atlanta. But going back to that, um, that report I was mentioning. So apparently the Kings, this is Woj, one of the most mm-hmm. aggressive teams in the market and once an eager suitor for Ben Simmons have ended pursuit of a deal with the 76ers and turn elsewhere in trade talks. What does that mean for Ben Simmons present vis-a-vis the deadline and future. He's obviously would be the primary chip in any opt-in and trade or sign and trade involving James Harden. who We just now discussed, but what does this development mean?
0: I don't think he goes anywhere. Like I think it's a travesty that someone what? like Ben Simmons winds up not playing this year, but I, I do think it's a little odd that Maybe Ben Simmons isn't pushing to play, not pushing to play with Philadelphia, but pushing just A, hey, making a bigger stink. Get me up out of here because I want to play ball, like that type of thing. He seems, you said the word resigned uh, with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. He seems resigned to the fact that he's not going to be moved and they're just sort of playing it the way that they're playing it. And Philadelphia, if you look at it, they are wasting a, an MVP caliber season of Joel Embiid. They are wasting maybe the best basketball. Embiid will ever play considering his health and the ticking time bomb that could be his knees and his back. And I think that's a travesty. I think it's really unfortunate that Daryl Morey keeps playing his long game when the short game in front of him is that the Eastern Conference is wide open. Like the Milwaukee Bucks are the champs in all respect, due to the champs and I think they wind up getting back to the finals. But they're as great as the East is, as better as the East is, Philadelphia could very well be that team. I think they're two games out they very well could be that team that could basically blow everybody out of the water if you had a viable number two next to Joel Embiid. And it doesn't have to be Ben Simmons. It just has to be a body. It doesn't, You know what I mean? And I think Daryl Morris just overplayed his hand this entire way and him basically saying, you know, Sacramento has a deal that we can make and saying that on public radio and, you know what I'm saying, everything else. And Sacramento gave them the, the middle finger and said, you know what, we moving on and good for
3: Sacramento. How many times can we say, Good for the south yeah, I mean, uh, that uh, might was be not on yeah. my bingo
2: card for today's show. <laughs> not
3: I was going to say not in the last 10 years for sure. You know, we talk about uh, the Lakers a lot uh, for obvious reasons. One of the high profile teams in the league and you know, Vinny, they, you know, historically, they've always been interesting if they bring in uh, an interim coach. You know, Pat Riley was an interim coach uh, way back in the day. Magic Johnson uh, came in was an interim coach. What would they do? If they fire Frank Vogel, like we keep saying, hey, Frank Vogel coaching for his job, but who's going to be that guy? i you
0: because you – wait, wait, hold on. You brought up Magic Johnson being the Lakers coach. Do y'all remember that <laughs> step? He was like one and six. I don't – I, I, I know. I know. So-
4: I know. I said
3: interesting. I said interesting. I didn't say definitely uh, the, the, the answer. I said always, always big names, interesting people, you know, but – it, would it just be one of uh, Vogel's assistants or do you think they would look outside the organization or go back to the old standby, you know, one of these Laker greats bring him you know, shuttle him in and let him coach the team for a little bit. I think it would be
0: really difficult to bring someone in 50 games into the season. Like, believe it or not, we are like, we are well over halfway through this NBA season. Like, We'll be closer to the sixty-game mark when the All-Star game is here, and then it's going to be a sprint to the end of the season. I think that's really difficult to bring someone from the outside in, and there is no coach that's just sitting out there. Usually, there's a, you know, a Phil Jackson who's on a sabbatical or someone of that ilk that's just sort of sitting in the shadows. It's like, you know what, the next best job, I'm gonna take it. There are nobody, there's nobody in my opinion that's out there like that with that type of cachet. So you know, to, to borrow from uh, Chris Haynes, my uh, buddy, buddy at Yahoo, Chris said that they were going to go with Phil Handy and not uh, David Fisdale, who was one of LeBron's you know, favorite coaches back in Miami. So if you go with Phil Handy or you go with anybody else, you're keeping it in-house and you're trying to make the best of the situation. I don't think the coaching issue is an issue. I just think that there's bad personnel and there's a whole bunch of questions and not a whole lot of answers if Anthony Davis is not going to be the best player or at least in the conversation of the best player in basketball. If he's playing secondary role to LeBron James, this team is once again, like the Brooklyn Nets, a team that maybe gets out of the first round, if at all.
3: He looked pretty
2: good last night in that loss. He looked pretty good last night in that loss to the Sixers. But I'm glad you brought the Lakers, Michael, because I want to talk about a specific situation that we witnessed an unfortunate situation that we witnessed last night with regard to Carmelo Anthony's interaction with some courtside fans. (laughs) So apparently they were calling him boy. Several times, and Mello was not with the ships. Here's what Mellow had to say after the game:
6: "Some things we said unacceptable. Uh, I'm 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 cool with uh, you know, fans heckling, fans talking trash, uh, cheering for their team, the other team. I'm I'm all for that. But when you when you cross certain lines, as a man, you just I mean that's that's what you're gonna see. That's what you're gonna." That's what you're gonna get as you as you saw that. But sometimes you play through it, you try to play through certain things, you play through the heckle, but it's that's all fun and games. I mean, I've been doing that for 19, 20 years. So especially coming here, it's been a great place to come in and play and fans. I, I know how the fans are here, but it's just certain things you don't bring to any type of sporting event. It's just certain things you don't say to anybody. Uh, if I was outside and I bumped into you and you said that, said those things to me, then it would be a totally different story. So uh, but again, I'm it's, it's, it's out of my hands now. So however, however, they, however they want to play it,
2: they can play it. Feels like we're here once in a while when it comes to fan player interaction. Um, apparently this was rooted in them calling him boy. Now, you don't call any man a boy, especially a black man a boy because we know in America a black man historically has been a boy and a black boy has been a man. It, it, it's but yep. we don't. But we know that. That's obvious to the three of us. Should be obvious to anybody. So I'm inclined to believe that those fans knew exactly what they were doing by repeatedly calling him boy. You guys can take this yep. where you want to, wherever you want to take it. But this is where I, w- I would like to take at least my portion of this conversation, if you guys would indulge me. Because when I'm when I'm thinking about this story and I'm watching it, I just wanted to yeah turn it down a little bit for me, Gary. Thank you. I just wanted to recognize the man that we're talking about, Carmelo Anthony. And I, and I felt this way for years about Carmelo. Um, Carmelo, for a long time, he's become more beloved and more respected by basketball fans as this aging veteran that he is now and this, this supporting actor. But for a long time, he was very polarizing. Carmelo can't win anything. Carmelo's never won anything, especially when juxtaposed with his draft mates, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and even Chris Bosh, for that matter. Carmelo Anthony was a national champion at Syracuse. Carmelo Anthony is I think a three-time gold medalist. He's been an incredible representative for a country that doesn't love us back. And I say that part in particular because I remember when Carmelo Anthony was at the forefront of using his voice and his platform to bring about awareness to the plight of black people in this country before it was trendy. And I also remember Carmelo Anthony being uh, a businessman and a mogul and having diverse interests outside of basketball before that was trendy. And then it was only a couple of years ago where Carmelo was uh, was unemployed for a, a hot second and then came back and uh, resurrected his career, and reinvented himself with Portland and Los Angeles. I'll stop talking. But I just want to recognize this guy's ninth all time in NBA scoring the player and the man that he's been off the court. The leader that he's been the representative that he's been for this country uh, and he deserves all this respect in the world. Um, and that's all I want to really say about that. Tater the truth. like this. These idiots. They should never set foot in an arena again. But this is an opportunity for me to give Carmelo Anthony his flowers on this Friday, Vinny.
0: I'll, I'll tell you a personal story. And it's not Carmelo. I'll tell you a fan interaction story. My first year on the beach, so I'm 25 years old. I'm still pretty, you know, young. I'm not 25 no more, but back then I was, you know, 25. Y'all tried to get, talk about my age a couple shows ago. That just give y'all some, some reference. My hairline was still where it is now, so it might not have been that long ago. But <laughs> I was in Memphis. I was in Memphis. And this fan from maybe... 10 rolls up, was heckling Detroit Piston players. He was telling them how much they sucked and everything else. And it was, it was reasonably funny, but you could sort of see it trending in a direction. You remember that Price is Right game, that Yoda Leahy game, where you're just going up, 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 and then you go yeah. down a cliff? It was like that. And then he said, boy, to one of the players. Oh. And at that point, my 25-year-old self turned around and someone grabbed my shoulder. Like It, it might have been the, the beat writer for Detroit Free Press, Vince Ellis, who was sitting next to me. He grabbed my shoulder as I turned around because he knew I had just got beat red. I looked up at the guy, <laughs> and he had on overalls and nothing else. So that almost made me laugh. He literally just had on overalls. And I looked at him and said, that's enough. And that was the end of it. Like, yeah. at some point, yeah. uniform, jersey, occupation, don't care human being, black man, I will go up in those stands and knock you the hell out. You ain't not even have to be talking to me. Like, that's where yeah, all right. of us feel that trigger from that respect because we've all felt like, okay, if you can say that to him, you can say that to me. Or if you're saying that to him, you are thinking that about me. About so, me. Yeah, that, yeah, that that that's a trigger for me. And I, I'm sure it's a trigger, you know, for both of y'all, the basic tenet of human respect. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it sure. has to come to that. It's unfortunate that it has to come to boy because there's a lot of other things that you can say that people say that is tinged with boy, but we just can't act on it, but we can act on boy. I would knock you the hell out on boy.
3: Yeah. And the thing, and that's what Carmelo was talking about. Look, this is a guy and and Mike, I like what you said about, you know, his, his career and his history, his journey. I mean, he's played in New York. So playing in New York, being in the same division as Philly, being in the same division as Boston. I mean, he's <laughs> what, what from Baltimore, he D.C. <laughs> so he's, he's heard a lot. He's played in some of these uh, yeah. some of these markets where the fans are known for being a little raunchy. Don't forget, uh, raunchy. So, don't forget so that's Holly. That's not
0: it? Right. Holly, don't forget, this is the guy that went to the bus when he and Kevin Garnett had some words. Remember that a few years oh, ago? That's, oh, he yeah. was oh, going yeah. to the bus. That wasn't hey, no fan. Let me tell you that
4: was something. a
3: seven-foot dude, and he wanted Hands, I tell you. Let me tell you. Hands, I was right. I was right there. That's why I I put. I've seen him in action. I was. I'm glad you brought that up, because I was working on a book at the time. So I'm walking down with Doc Rivers, Madison Square Garden. You know, like you know that old uh, that concourse, just walking down where they put put the buses, park the buses, and we just hear this commotion. And Doc goes up, and Mello is outside the bus. He's outside the bus. Uh, MSG security is there. My man is ready to step on the bus. He's like, and and Doc is like, "Oh, come on, Mello, that's not you, man." He's like, "Look, Doc, yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. I'm going to get him." So (laughs) hey, they got him. They Doc was able to, you know, put that, you know, that put put that hand on the chest, like, "Come on, come on, man, come on, come on," like, calm him down. They got him away. But the funnier part, the postscript to the story, now Garnett was on the bus. KG wasn't saying nothing. Then when the bus takes off, KG's like, "Yeah, I wish he would have come up <laughs> on the bus." <laughs> like, oh, No, oh, Kevin, man. no, you come ain't on, want ticket. it. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> you ain't oh, want my God. it. You ain't want that. <laughs> Tell That's that bus driver to turn that it. thing around. Tell that
1: bus driver to
3: turn that thing tr- around. Let's tr- see what that thing be banging. Right.
2: But, <laughs> but truth of the matter is, man, is like he could have <laughs> navigated his career just in the grand again macro. Could he navigate his career maybe differently when it came to trades or, you know, extensions or whatever? Sure, that dude was a winner in life and on the court. So it's like the boy part is no place for that. But Carmelo Anthony, bro, I just, I don't think that dude has got enough credit for what he has done in this game and what he has accomplished in life. Just given how so much of the focus has been on, like I said, LeBron and Wade or whatever. So anyway, good conversation, fellas. Good to see you, Vinny. We appreciate you, bro. Thank you. All right, Vinny. (laughs) Blame Detroit for not drafting Oh, I wasn't That's gonna bring right. that up.
1: <laughs> or at least Bosch. One Uh-oh. of them.
2: Dr- Jerry. Yeah, Bosch. Jerry. Sorry. Jerry. Jerry.
1: Do you want a beautiful lawn? thing I want to clear up is that the idea of Mike being uh, twisting in the wind just wasn't the case at all. We were sitting there trying to keep Dan Quinn and trying to uh, maintain continuity on our coaching staff.
5: Did you have to reassure Mike McCarthy after Sean Payton quit that he's going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys?
1: No, I did not. I did not because we're sitting here building together our future no.
2: I love a different tune than the one that uh, Jerry was singing last week. Talking about, I-, I don't like addressing the situation after the season's over. I want to nip it in the bud. I gotta, I gotta evaluate right, these right. coaches. Now you're like, oh no! Yeah. It was the- if you weren't considering moving on from Mike McCarthy, you're doing it wrong, Jerry Jones. And the idea. Well, what, do
3: you what do you mean? I'm not sure I agree with that. What do you mean? What do you mean? But right. they were the most
2: penalized team in the league this year. He had to, to say that Mike McCarthy was never in jeopardy. That's easy to say now when you've decided to keep him, but there there had to be if there wasn't I'd be shocked and Jerry is, is more bark than he is bite if they never sat internally and said is Mike McCarthy really the guy to take this talented roster that we've assembled. Is he really the guy to take it to the Super Bowl given how undisciplined his team was all year and how they faltered with clock management all year and especially in that wild card game. The way the way how unprepared they looked in general, how overmatched they looked against the 49ers. It should have at least been an evaluation sticking it with sticking with him is one thing. Okay, you want to stick with him this year and if you ain't if you don't have an eye on Sean Payton. What are you doing? Why why would you not entertain Sean Payton? He had better have been one of them back channel conversations to Sean Payton to see if he wanted to coach this
3: year. It's so—it's just so funny. I I know. I know. We talked about Sean Payton versus Mike McCarthy, and I've heard a lot of people just, you know, just all this, this this anecdotal information about how Sean Payton is just so much better than Mike McCarthy, although the numbers don't back that up. But I'm going to get to this. I think they probably had the same, uh, same postseason record too, or very similar postseason record. I know Sean Payton. I know Drew Brees is 500. Sean Payton right around 500 in the postseason. But you talk about uh, the undisciplined Cowboys. Yes, they were. But I understand what Jerry Jones is saying when he's talking about looking at the coaching staff. You've got uh, a defensive coordinator who was highly sought after, at least on paper. We thought he was uh, up for a lot of mm-hmm. interviews. You've got an offensive right. coordinator who's highly regarded in Kellen Moore. So you've got a, a big-time coaching staff where your OC and DC have been mentioned as head coaching candidates. Then you've got Mike McCarthy so yeah, the team is undisciplined, but that's not all on McCarthy. It's his watch. No. His name is on the marquee. But you mean to tell me if the offense is not disciplined and Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator that I all goes back to McCarthy. Uh, that, that those guys, none of those assistants have to take accountability. If the defense gets a bunch of penalties, no. they can't stay on size. They're very handsy. They, they got they just, tons of pass interference. penalties, and like, I did. And you're giving a national televised an extension. game on Thanksgiving. Right.
2: And then you are giving so, Dan Quinn an extension. No, I, I'm saying that I get the continuity. I also get not overreacting. It sounds like what you're saying, because I want to get to one other yeah. point from you in a second
3: and, but and accountability. You I, I, for everybody. But yes.
2: And part of And part of accountability for everybody is evaluating everybody and Jerry's tone a week ago suggested that everybody was being evaluated understandably so because they should have been after that debacle in Dallas against San Francisco. If he decided to keep them, that's fine, but don't say he was never in danger. And I do think Sean Payton's an upgrade and he should be pursuing Sean Payton. And if he's not, he definitely will be next year if they come up short again. But before we go, we keep running into the end of the show with this. You had yes. you had a postscript on Josh McDaniel, McDaniels from yesterday, and it looks like yeah. there may be some momentum toward him and a a Patriot executive, Patriots executive, executive whose name Dave, escapes me. You probably Dave know Ziegler.
3: Dave Ziegler. Dave
2: yeah. Ziegler. Running the running yeah. the Raiders. We finished the show with that yesterday. You had a postscript on Josh McDaniels. What was that?
3: Uh, I don't think I had a postscript on Josh McDaniels, but I I, uh, I don't remember that. But I'll just say that. Or oh, it was it oh, it was in, it was
2: in you. your feet. You said there was always a Bel- Bill Belichick economy. But can these guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean? Oh, I thought you said I thought
3: you were talking about yesterday Oh, today. Okay. Uh, so I, I meant Belichick coaching is, tree. Sorry. All right. So look, if you look at all this, Bill Belichick, you know what? This is what I mean by the Belichick economy. Bill Belichick has gotten so many people paid Mike Smith. I mean, you oh, think yeah. about he has changed. He has changed lives. You know, they pre- the last four or five presidents can't take credit for an economy like Bill Belichick can. I mean, <laughs> think about ch- Charlie White. <laughs> Charlie White's got him paid three, four, five times over. Billy O'Brien, Josh McDaniel's the first time, Eric Mangini, on and right. on. Patricia. all these guys yeah. who have been associated right. uh, Matt Patricia, Scott Pioli, Thomas Dimitrov, all these people who have, who've been associated with Bill Belichick in that Belichick galaxy, uh, right. uh, uh, Bob Quinn, I was going to say Dan Quinn, Bob Quinn uh, in, in Detroit, on and on. But once the payday is over, You got to ask yourself how effective how fruitful is that tree? How how fruitful is Bill Belichick's coaching tree? And I would have a lot of questions about it. I happen to like Josh McDaniels a great deal. They don't come with Tom Brady learned. That's that's a big part of it. (laughs) He's learned a lot. I know uh, Sean McVay was the youngest coach in NFL history, but Josh McDaniels was was pretty much I think uh, McVeigh was like what 31 or 30 when he was hired somewhere around there.
2: That sounds right. That sounds about right.
3: McDaniels about 30 right? 32 33 when he had control of the Broncos right? Uh, and and that was probably too much too soon. Yes, so yes. I'll give him a pass there, but man, that's a lot to be given. Don't you think that's a lot to be uh, to give him. I don't, I don't know if he has control of the 53 and Ziggler is working for him or they're 50 50. I don't know but to turn I, over to Josh McDaniels. I think whiskey.
2: McDaniels could be Belichick like or Belichick in if you prefer in that second Belich- time around. Yes, yes, and I think he's a better candidate now than he was when he turned on the coach job yeah. or he backed out of the coach job or when he took the Denver job. to your point. You mentioned McVay. That was the name I wanted to bring up yesterday. You know how many people were angry and appalled that Sean McVay got the head coaching job when he did. We we're talking about Nathaniel Hackett. That's what I'm saying, man. Like on paper, you'd be like, who? Why? You never know. How do you get that job? Yeah, You never know. You never know. Either way Daniels. I think that's a good time. It looks best. great on paper. as Much as besides Yeah, you're sometimes. right. You're right. No, who knows?
3: Hey man, I can't wait till Monday. Really See looking Monday forward to when it. Joe
2: Burrow do his thing.